0: Hello, my name is Ben Friedman, and today the movie we are talking about on Ben and Brand CM movie, is Megan Parks' The Fallout, which revolves around the aftermath of a school shooting. So I just wanted to put a trigger warning on this episode due to the sensitive nature of this movie. And with that, we're just going to jump right in. Hello, my name is Ben Friedman. I'm Branson Adelicato. And this is Ben Ben and Brands Brands See a Movie. movie. And this week, as we've already aforementioned, we are talking a movie with a very sensitive subject and one that just came out. This is, of all the films where we've done recent, this is probably the most recent. We saw this film literally within the past weekend and the film came out Friday.
1: Oh, I didn't realize that it came out so soon. Or like so like that recently i remember seeing a trailer for this but i thought that it was way farther back yeah no this
0: movie came out january 27th and we are recording the episode the 31st
1: yeah okay so that's pretty fresh yeah
0: so this is a this is like the movie of like feels like the weekend and it's been the topic of definitely some discussion due Mm to its nature and we should just say this right off the bat you and i were not planning on doing this movie
1: yeah, you. This was kind of one that you brought up. Uh, we had we had like a tentative schedule planned. We had, yeah, we in, had in
0: console plan.
1: Yes, and you texted me and said, uh, basically, dude, we have to do f- the fallout.
0: Yeah, I saw it Friday night on HBO Max streaming it because I knew I wanted to review it this weekend, hmm. knowing that it was a re- new release, and it, I always is it
1: an HBO Max original?
0: Uh, no, it is. It was bought by HBO Max. Ah, okay. It premiered at South by Southwest, but yeah, I knew that I because unlike last year, where I ended up just skipping all the movies, and then at the end of the year, I'm like, oh, I really have like 50 <laughs> movies cra- I really want to watch. <laughs> right. I'm like, you know, maybe this year I should actually like space it out and mm-hmm. try to do like the main releases each week, at least mm-hmm. one or two. And yeah, so I'm it's like, way okay. To do it. Okay, so the Fallout streaming, because I'm not, I'm not going into movie theaters as of this moment. I think mm-hmm. I'll probably start slowly going back. Mm-hmm. But just due to how bad Omicron got there for a little bit, right. I was being a little bit more hesitant. So I've been doing the streaming ones way more often. And with that, like I said, I saw the Fallout Friday and immediately <sighs> after texting, or immediately after watching it, I texted you and just said, I think we should do this movie just straight up.
1: Yes, you did. I pardon my sneeze from like ten seconds ago. Um, yeah, this was this was one of those films. I similar. I did a similar thing to you with Bo Burnham's Inside, uh, but it was for an entirely different reason. Mm. Uh, and I think the the reason that especially Ben felt the the need to do. I I hadn't really like thought about this movie that much, and then when he suggested it, I was like, all right, I'm going to trust your judgment. And this is definitely a, uh, an important movie to. I guess be aware of,
0: mm. uh,
1: and it there's a lot that it talks about that is not often talked about. Yeah, I think I, it's, I would it's agree an aspect. With that. It's an aspect of of gun violence and more specifically school shootings that we don't really think of. We just kind of think of the event. Itself, yeah, and not, we don't
0: think of the healing and coping and trauma that that then those events would then induce right. on a person.
1: It, I think it's often isolated in uh, and you know I f- I feel like I'm guilty of being not calloused because I don't think I'm calloused. I every loss of life is is a obviously a tragedy, mm. but I think it's really easy to not consider the individual in stories like this mm-hmm. where, you know, it's an act of terror or a school shooting or, you know, it's something that, that claims a lot of people's lives. I mean, even COVID to a certain degree, a lot of the times it's just kind of reduced to a number.
0: Yeah. At some times it's just the number and we don't actually feel the weight of like loss of humanity. Or if we do, a lot of times we put the, emphasis and of course rightfully so on the loss of life what i love that this movie does right away is this movie's the this movie's emphasis is on the ones who survive the survivors of it yes and like i thought that was a really refreshing take and just so we go uh without uh any further without actually saying the name of the movie i know we put it in our aforementioned yes we are talking about megan park's The The fallout. And I'll just kind of give some of the brief historical uh, film historian on this movie. So this is directed by Megan Park, who is an actress who's appeared in shows like The F Word. Uh, I don't actually know her particularly well. I heard of her through this movie. Mm -hmm. But she's been an actress. I believe she was on Secret Life of an American Teenager. Like I said, The F Word. She comes in to direct this. By the way, she is... If I am correct, she is 30, yeah, 35. Fairly
1: young director. A
0: fairly young director. And she directs The Fallout, which, again, follows the events of these high schoolers coping with a school shooting. And it stars Jenna Ortega, Maddie Ziegler, who uh, some might recognize Maddie Ziegler from, she was in West Side Story earlier this, I guess, last year. It has Shailene Woodley, Niles Fitch. And Julie Bowen, who, again, some people are going to recognize Julie Bowen, Bowen from her role in Modern Family, where she plays Claire in Modern Family. And
1: Oh, which one is Claire? Claire That's is Phil's. Phil's. Yeah, she's the Dunphy yeah. kid. Okay.
0: And this film follows those events. And, again, a lot of the healing trauma and moving forward, what that looks like and it's a very honest, refreshing look at it. This film premiered in July at South by Southwest, which is the film festival in Austin, Texas, to rave reviews. It was bought out for a fairly high price tag by HBO Max, and it finally got to be seen by the public, I guess, from when you guys are listening to this, a week ago Mm -hmm. on January, again, end of January. And yeah, it's really been... It's a movie that hasn't maybe taken over the cultural zeitgeist as some other movies have. Mm-hmm. Like may probably largely due to the subject matter at hand.
1: Yeah, it's not it's not a feature that is intended for all audiences. Yeah, it kind this of, isn't
0: a Squid Games like Zeitgeist cultural phenomenon type thing. Squid
1: games isn't intended for all audiences. That's fair. But yes, it's it's more it's more I guess it's, it kind of comes down to the degree by which it is separated from reality, mm. you know. And this, it feels a little bit too real at times. Yeah. Uh, in in the same sort of way that Eighth Grade is, in, in that, you know, st- because it's centered around these kids, sometimes there's like, this is the only time that I'm going to dish on this movie. And it's not even a dish. It's just kind of a, a side effect of what they're covering. Since it's all high schoolers, you get some of that sort of cheesy lingo, and maybe it's just cheesy to me because I don't understand yeah. it. But it adds it adds so much to the authenticity and the realism in the same way that 8th Grade did. And it's yeah. actually one of the strengths of 8th Grade, the, and it's a strength of this movie as well.
0: The jargon and dialect in this movie feels very specific to a high school audience, where when I was watching this movie, what right. shocked me so much was how... Megan Park was able, because she's also the writer for this film, Mm -hmm. how she's able to not just capture something very beautiful but how she's also able to write in a tone that feels authentic to I guess this age. Because this isn't like one of those things where like, I've heard other people compare like Greta Gerwig for Lady Bird. You know, she's writing about high schoolers and I felt very authentic. Greta Gerwig is basing it off her own experience. This is someone interpreting what I guess a 2021 2022 teenager would sound like, and I was kind of yeah. shocked with how well, from my understanding, she did it.
1: Yeah, yeah, I <laughs> it's been a bit now since we've been out of high school, yeah, and the vernacular has changed as it always does, you know, nothing stays the same. Uh, or what's that saying? The more things change, the more things stay the same. Sure, I think that I think that fits. Um, but. Yeah, I, to to get off of the subject of you know how how realistic I feel this is to kind of how high schoolers would talk about an issue and in what manner, like what kind of words they use and what kind of jargon they use, mm-hmm. like it it helps those emotional moments where you know it's just raw uh, to really feel all the more legitimate because of, you know, how much, how much else is surrounding it that's mm-hmm. just regular conversation to these kids. I think what kids.
0: Park does so well as a director and writer is her ability of authenticity. That was kind of what shocked me. And I guess we shouldn't really go any further without getting our hills to die on, kind of just to start off. I'll go first this week. My hill to die on for this movie is simply that this is one of the most beautiful just emotional, raw films that I've ever seen, and specifically recently, and it's a film I wish didn't have to exist. I really wish I never had to see this film, and I really wish it didn't hit a realness that it does, and I, yeah, I just, if I could do anything to take this movie out of existence because it never needed to be made, I I think everyone would. But the fact that this is the situation we're in, this is an epidemic where people are dying in schools at shockingly large numbers, mm-hmm. like, it just felt so real. And they did it with the utmost respect to the survivors and to those who lose their lives and to all those affected by it.
1: Yes. Uh, that's that's well put about about the movie, like, wishing the movie didn't have to exist. hmm uh, my Hilda Dion for this film. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna take an interesting vector on this, and I don't think this will be disagreeable. It might sound disagreeable mm. at first, but I promise it it won't be. Uh, I think a lot of the time, when an event like a school shooting happens in real life, mm. or maybe not even a school shooting, maybe just a mass uh, a mass genocide sort of event like this, uh, it's. It's really easy to politicize, to politicize the event, mm-hmm. and surprisingly, this film doesn't really do that. Mm-hmm. Too much. It it does it. It does it to a, a fair degree, I would say. But the main point, really, that you should be walking away, and this is the main point that I walked away with, and this is where, you know, my my Hilda comes in. Watching this film should and most likely will make you reconsider how you view a tragedy like this. Not mm-hmm. just a number not just as a number, not just as a percentage, not just as a statistic, but as real people who lose their lives and real people who have to live on with that trauma mm-hmm. and uh, like you said, this movie does it in a really unique way in a from an angle that not many of us see or maybe we're even aware of mm-hmm. uh and and it handles it with a lot of respect and handles it in a lot of different there are quite a few characters, and each one has their own little story
0: mm-hmm.
1: and we we see you know the different angles of of this sort of story the those who lose someone that's directly close to them those who are kind of brought together by experiencing the trauma together that's like a a psychological thing where people who experience trauma together even if they were strangers they it it strengthens a bond that it creates a bond and, and strengthens a bond that's there i mean in in a lighter sense uh, that happens a lot with people who donate uh, organs, mm. a lot, and then they meet the person that their organ donation, you know, saved their life or something. Yeah. Um, so it's it's a it's a neat look at all that.
0: Yeah, and let's get back on a point that you said earlier, because I think that's where a lot of people who were going into this movie probably expected the movie to kind of take the road it was going to take, which was probably more of like. The movement that follows a mass shooting, mm-hmm. which I guess if you would say that, that would probably be more of the quote-unquote politicized nature of it. And I don't mm-hmm. think by any means that necessarily would disqualify that from being a good movie. Like, I think mm-hmm. you could make oh, a yeah. really amazing movie out of this. Yeah, I, I, I just, I, that's not what I was yeah, saying Yeah, no, at all. I know that's not what you're saying. Yeah. I, th- I think what was so shocking to me was how character centric this story felt. Mm-hmm. I really thought going into this was, was going to have, I don't want to say a larger message because this film has a very loud message to it that is very apparent when you watch this movie. But this definitely puts the emphasis on character first and healing and trauma. Mm-hmm. Like this is a psychological study more than it is a commentary on something larger, I guess. While it, while being a commentary, because that is very much, I don't want to say that this isn't mm-hmm. a commentary, this isn't like something like I, I'm trying to even think of a film from a few years ago, The Hate You Give, which is that movie where a young African American woman sees her boyfriend gunned down by police and then starts the movement and you know based on a book. and that one's bit, again talking a lot of more themes of Black Lives Matter. A lot of that. This film doesn't hit on that type of uh, elements post-school shooting. It really does keep it centric on its one to five characters. You're really just watching the aftermath it's of it.
1: It's a microcosm yeah. of, and of what might be a larger Yeah, all the
0: stuff larger is going on. Like It mm-hmm. is fully happening in this film. It's just that they're dissecting it. So, they interact with it, but mm-hmm. they're not necessarily a part of it. It's just the world they now live in. Which, yeah. Which does a really smart thing with this movie where it does put all this, like, everything going on. They do it in a way where it feels overwhelming for these characters because it is overwhelming for these characters.
1: Right. And they, and they deal with that sort of over, overwhelming feeling, that weight. In, in such different ways that make this movie interesting, uh, as I said before. And, you know, an, another aspect to, like, the whole um, way, that, way that this sort of issue can get politicized, uh, this, is a, this is a film where ethos and pathos, like, the, the emotional and the ethical is important, and that's the angle that the movie needs to take. Yeah, it it doesn't have to be. Not everything has to be a logical argument where it's like, okay, let's look at the facts. Let's look at the statistics. I mean, that's that's important and has its place. But this and story it, yeah. needs to be told with the with the emotional element as the driving force. Yeah,
0: and I know you're not like disqualifying the logos. That's not what you mean by any no, point. absolutely because not. Because the film also does deal with. The logos of it, like very Mm -hmm. much the end, feels like an argument of just the numbers at points where, yeah, oh, that that ending ending, will get into it. But, like, how again, there's some films where it's like you just have to start at the beginning, Mm -hmm. and this one's one of them because this scene, right from the top, knowing what you know about this movie, Mm -hmm. you're unsure exactly where the school shooting happens right you know it's going to come and if it's called the fallout you probably expect that it's going to be a little bit earlier in the film you don't exactly know when though this film hits it within the first five minutes yes uh, very quick you know you have jenna ortega's character goes out to the bathroom to talk to her younger sister who just gets her period she goes into the bathroom she then meets Rachel zeigler zeigler's character uh and that's where it starts. Mm-hmm. Like within probably 3 minutes of the film, everything just all hell breaks loose. And what I was so amazed with this movie because I've talked about there's some things I just don't want to see on film. Mm-hmm. You know, I that was one of the criticisms I had recently for the movie The Last Duel which regards around a character being raped. Mm-hmm. I didn't necessarily want to see the rape happening on screen even if I thought it was done in a fairly tasteful way Mm -hmm. going into this movie. That was kind of the same issue. I I know exactly what you
1: mean, but that is a, that's an inherently strange sentence. I know, (laughs) but it's like, it's the same, it's the same issue that I had with game of Thrones. And like, I was one of the reasons why I didn't really want to mm -hmm. watch that.
0: You just, sometimes you just don't want to view something and like, right. Going into this movie, that was one of the biggest issues I had going into it and fears. I'm just like, I don't want to ski a school shooting that could come off super insensitive. Mm-hmm. I think it could just, I think it could do more harm than good.
1: It's a, it's a really, you, if, it's a fine if it were, line. Yeah. If it happened, it would be a, a hard rope to, to tight walk across. Yeah.
0: Cause you don't want to do anything where it's like glorifying the shooter. You don't want to do anything where it just like feels overly emotion, not overly emotional, but you don't want to do anything where it just feels uh, melodramatic you you have to hit this tone right mm-hmm. and she hits Megan Park hits this tone perfectly right my god this and first and st- it
1: and it ensures we are put in the same position i not to not to like co-opt what you no, were no, about no, to yeah, say no. but it puts you in the same position when the school shooting starts we see nothing we are put into the exact same position almost like we are there with these two characters Veda and Mel May uh, My What's her name?
0: Keep going. Rachel Ziegler's character. Uh, Rachel Ziegler's character is Mia. Mia Beta and okay. Mia.
1: I, I was so close. I my I had M A I and I just had them misarranged. Them. Yeah. Uh, so they they have to. They're forced almost to to hunker down in this bathroom stall together, and and just hide and 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 you know tuck up. Yeah, onto the li- toilet, like to ensure that they are as invisible as possible.
0: Yeah, they're holding their breath. She, mm-hmm. uh, Rachel's, they, uh, sorry, Maddie Ziegler's character drops her shoes in the toilet so they don't make a noise. Mm-hmm. All this thing. And we talk about a lot of times on films where the geography of a film is so important, where you understand the settings that's going on. Mm-hmm. This one does the exact opposite for the exact same effect by stripping away the knowledge of what the school is, the danger feels even more real. Yes. Because we the terror- don't actually know where anything's going on. Mm-hmm. So we're just stuck in that stall with those two characters as well.
1: Right. The terror is in the unseen, not the scene. Mm-hmm. And I, and I think that that is sort that sort of relates to what the true definition of terror is. It's not, it's the unknown. Mm-hmm. What is, where is this? What is this? Why is this happening? And like, yeah. who, who, Is the threat.
0: Yeah. And then there's the scene, uh, not the scene, but the next part of this scene where Quentin's character, Mm -hmm. uh, who's played by uh, Niles Fitch, comes into the bathroom. Uh, He goes to hide as well. And then he ends up like bunkering down with them. And there's, like, a moment of, like, panic going on where they're just, like, trying to get him under where he's kind of explaining what's happened. They're not sure if
1: he's the assailant.
0: Yeah, and he's like, you know, I'm not, uh, it was this person, uh, blah, blah, blah. Like, uh, my brother is, like, kind of all the dialogue we get of there. And as he's, like, moving up, that's when the slow realization comes that he's just covered in blood. Mm -hmm. And it's just, like, that weight just hits you like it's an emotional just terrifying yeah
1: and the and the the angle that at which that is shot that reveal is shot it's almost like we're seeing it directly from veda's perspective Mm -hmm. which is which is really frightening It, it puts you into kind of into the zone of like what what would you do if you if you were in this position and he turned around, it's
0: yeah, it's, it's crazy. It is so unnerving this sequence, mm-hmm. and I talked about it in my review for the film. This scene felt like it lasted a lifetime. Yeah, it lasts about two and a half minutes.
1: Yeah, it's it's super. That's quick. a
0: testament to just how good Megan Park directs this scene, where you are. Terrified. This is maybe one of the most like engrossing scenes in a movie I've seen, where it's mm-hmm. just like you're there and you just you're waiting for it to end because you wanted like you want to be out of this situation and you just like you don't <laughs> want right. to see any more of this. Yeah, like that is really what it comes down to. Mm-hmm.
1: And another thing, and it's and it's not it's not. Uh, and I wanted to say this earlier, but I feel like this is a good place to say it too. It's not. Not wanting to see it because, like, we don't want to recognize that this is a thing that exists. We're not – it's not like, oh, we don't want to see this because we're willfully being blind and ignorant to it. It's hard to watch it because it's just hard to watch. It's like you don't want to see – you don't want to see someone – yeah, you don't want to see someone in pain. You don't want to see someone in in this emotional anguish. Um, And that's why – in in this scene and in other scenes the way that the way that oh, what's the director's name again Megan I'm Park. sorry Megan Park thank you I kept thinking Chloe Zhao I don't know why I I think I was just listening to another one of our episodes on the way over <laughs> and we were talking about Chloe Zhao um, but uh, Park she she hangs on scenes and it creates this weight it's it's not like okay cut Okay, cut, cut. Why is the camera still going? It lingers on these scenes for a reason. Yeah. And and this first scene in the bathroom, while the while the assault, where the shooting is Assailed, going on, yeah. I it it hangs there, and it really, it really forces you to soak in and and your mind is racing in that yeah, moment, trying, so to, trying to trying to parse watch. everything.
0: It's one of those scenes where it's just like I don't know. Like when I was re-watching this film again for today, this episode, mm-hmm. I couldn't watch the whole scene. I had to just kind of like mm-hmm. refresh like exactly how some of the shots happen and I was fast forwarding. I just couldn't emotionally put myself in that scene again because it's so harrowing.
1: Right and it takes and it takes a specific kind of scene like that and quite a few other emotional scenes in this film where you just you have to sit with it. Yeah, You have to sit with that feeling. You have to sit with the weight in the room. You and, have to sit with the silence. And, a and lesser, sometimes the silence is extremely loud.
0: Yeah, and a lesser director would have crossed those lines poorly. Maybe either put them in the line of action, maybe just... One of the things I'm really glad Park decided, and I think it's a, another really strong point and it's one of my favorite. The shooter is never focused on in this movie.
1: Never seen. Never they mention seen. His name they twice. mention his
0: name once or twice. That's all we know about him, and that's all we need to know about him in this movie. They mm. don't put any more emphasis on him, which was something I'm glad. I don't. Mm. You don't. We don't care about this shooter in this movie in the sense that I don't want to know anything about him. Mm-hmm. I, we
1: don't even know what happens to. We don't know if he. Is, yeah, we don't know if he's. We don't taken know if he's in. killed on the scene. Yeah. We don't know if he There's goes to jail. There's nothing
0: explained about this, and I think that's. That's intentional. That's that's a moment right. of silence speaks louder than words. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, no, they directly chose not to talk about that. Like, there's been lesser ones, like with uh Thirteen Reasons Why, the season two, which I didn't watch, but I did read enough of the discourse going on about that season two. I believe it's finale. Maybe it was season one, but I think it's season two, where, you know, the character pulls out the gun. Mm-hmm. They could have done a scene like that to kind of just like even if it was quick, they could have just done it like to kind of just start like, this is happening and then they cut back to the bathroom. We don't get that. Yeah. And it's so it's much better. better that way. that
1: way. Way better that way. Because
0: you, it's, that's the issue of once you start getting into glorification.
1: And it's also, and it also is what that would have taken me out of the movie. By being yeah. in the bathroom and the camera being handheld and by the characters being so isolated, it's just the two of them—it's just Veda and Mia—in the bathroom until Quentin shows up.
0: Yeah, trying and the to three hide. of them give such great performances in this scene.
1: Really, like jaw-dropping, so, like, skin-tingling, authentic, like, hyperventilating. Yeah, even talking
0: about it right now, I'm fully covered in goosebumps yeah. just thinking about some of the just the breathing, that covering their mouths, just the pure panic in their eyes. Mm-hmm. Quentin just being covered in blood, but having to stay like composed because he knows he's not out of the danger yet. Right. Like that's such a emotional sequence. Mm -hmm. That is just, again, that's a sequence that could be overacted and Mm -hmm. they don't, this is, it's perfectly so authentic.
1: And, and another, another genius way about that whole scene or another genius way that that scene is proposed, proposed composed, (laughs) (laughs) I got there eventually. Uh, how that scene is composed is we are just as alone and just as in the dark, as we mentioned before. If if the gun had been shown, if we had gotten a little snippet of someone pulling out a gun, wouldn't have been as effective. We we know just as much as these characters, mm. and that's what that's what makes it work,
0: yeah. And then, like I said, the then the film. Kind of kicks off because this yes. is the prelude, if you will. To yeah, the
1: film. this is this is the the this is what the causes crossing, the crossing. The of the, yeah, the crossing of the threshold. Yeah, as this it were. Is,
0: this is where the film starts. It's about ten minutes, and then we get into, I guess, the meat and potatoes of this movie. And we focus on Jenna Ortega's character in this movie. She mm-hmm. is the main character in this. Ortega, I've never seen her before. I instantly mm-hmm. rose to just like, I was star just struck watching her. I'm like, this mm-hmm. is something so special for such a young actress to be doing.
1: Yeah, I, there's a lot. There's a lot that she does that's really, really awesome. And like, even the parts were initially watching it, I was like, oh, that was a weird choice. It's all the dialogue, mm-hmm. which you know, again, is a strength of this movie. Like it's Yeah, she's it's, it's supposed to it's supposed to
0: bring you into the universe. She is currently nineteen. She was born in September wow. twenty-seventh, two thousand two, wow. age nineteen, which means this film came out when she was eighteen, which probably means she filmed it when she was seventeen, 17. eighteen.
1: Yeah, like, maybe even sixteen. Yeah. That's a harrowing age to do a film that is this serious.
0: Yeah, and just for record, just in case you do were wondering where she's been, she's worked on the Disney Channel. She was in a show called Stuck in the Middle. I never watched she was in a movie called Yesterday on Disney Plus. I did watch that one last year. It was called year. What Yesterday. Yesterday. She's uh, in You, which is oh, that
1: TV show. Brenna Brenna came into the room, and when I was watching, and she was like, "Oh, that's the girl from the show You." Yeah, and, was and like, she was recently
0: okay. in Scream. Oh, uh, the, the new between, Scream. The new Scream. Oh. So she's definitely an up and coming. But wow. this very much feels like a starring role for her, and one that I think is going to just put her on the map. I could not believe what she did in this movie.
1: Right. This is this is definitely a tent pole uh role for mm-hmm. her, I would I would say not only because of the subject matter, but just because of how she handles it mm-hmm. is is really uh legitimate and and gut wrenching and like you said, not not melodramatic, not unrealistic. Mm-hmm. I think that's what happens a lot. Like I there's
0: there, you know, when there, there can be a part where the, uh, in poorer hands or lesser direction or writing, it can kind of become the woe is me, feeling to mm-hmm. it where it's just like, they feel like they're acting, mm-hmm. where it's just like these big emotional outbursts and all that. This ha- these, those happen
1: in this film, or they're a cheap. Uh, cheap tricks that are used in substitute of legitimate emotion. I, and story I, I writing. Think, yeah. Yeah. I think a
0: lot about. Um, I think 13 Reasons Why. <laughs> like <laughs> oh, where it's okay. just built on like things that they know should be emotionally impactful for mm-hmm. you. So you're going to have a reaction, but it's not necessarily the reaction that you should be going for.
1: Mm-hmm. I was thinking of uh, some Lifetime movies or even some yeah. like ABC Family movies. I, there was one with. Uh, uh, the girl from Hannah, Montana. Why can't I think Miley of her name? Cyrus? No. Emily Osmond. Emily Osmond, thank you. I was thinking Haley Joel, and I was like, All right, what's his sister's name? Emily Osmond. Uh that was a, no That way. was an ABC. Yeah. Haley fa- Long- I thought we found this out together. No, I didn't no. know that. Okay, maybe that was me and Brenna. <laughs> I did not sti- know that those Haley I hang Joel Osment so much and with Emily you. Osment. I hang out so much with my wife, things start blurring. Um, but there's, there's, a, uh, there's a film with Emily Osmond where she... Uh, I don't. I don't even remember what is going on in the film. There have been plenty of YouTubers who have talked about it, but there are like some really lazy tricks that happen, or really lazy um, writing that happens, and it turns a. They use music to really tug on your heartstrings. It's Mm. it's one of the films where. That song by Sia. Uh, and breathe me in. Oh, yeah, yeah. Do, 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 do. Yeah, it's, where it's too heavy-handed. Yeah, it's so heavy-handed. Uh, like, yeah, use of music is is often, like, such a crippling oh, thing. Oh, God,
0: which we haven't even talked about mm-hmm. in this in movie. In this movie, the it's used music, very tastefully. The music in this movie is, like, astonishingly good. It's by Finis O'Connell, who I'm looking up what else they have done right now. Wow, they have done... Uh, he, You're talking
1: about the score, correct? The not, score. The, uh, not like the soundtrack?
0: The, yes, the score for this movie. Uh, he is known for his role as Alistair in the Fox musical comedy drama Glee, which oh. is interesting. I did not know that. Well, well, well. But yeah, it's just like what he's able to accomplish as a composer in this is just like the music's so pitch perfect. Like, mm-hmm. I don't even, like, can't think of a specific tune. Mm-hmm. It's just like all of it fits the emotion. Like, it does carry it forward right and
1: in in composing i would say i feel like i'm i'm almost positive that i'm not the first person to say this the silence in a score can be just as important if not more important than the actual Mm. music of Mm. the score and this is what this goes back to what i was talking about earlier sometimes you have to let a moment just sit and be silent and be just let the emotion and the weight of the room speak for itself yeah and and it's and it's
0: balanced really well one of the components that this movie does really well is when we're now in this scene with jenna ortega uh post the school shooting her just kind of being in this like not slump but it's just full-on numbness like you literally you she can't feel a thing because it's too shocking for her to absorb
1: mm-hmm. at this
0: moment. The thing that I'm so glad this movie also did well is the family dynamic of this movie. Because I think, again, it's one of those things, one direction too far, it falls off. They, uh, We talked right before this episode about Eighth Grade mm-hmm. and Best Movie Dads. And this—that's a that's
1: really easy to compare yeah, to this film, especially with the family dynamic.
0: I think so too. And with the family dynamic in this movie, mm-hmm. it's beautiful. Like there is so many scenes where with just the mother, the father. There's one scene in the movie with the sister, mm-hmm. which is just oh, heartbreaking. The scene—I got a little teary. Yeah, this scene because we're We don't have to go linear. Yeah. Uh, this scene is basically where. There's been like kind of this weird dynamic between Jenna Ortega's character and the sister throughout mm-hmm. the whole movie Amelia Amelia, is Amelia her
1: sister's name yeah
0: and it's it doesn't get fully resolved till near the end of the runtime where the sister essentially has a line like like you hate me obviously. And mm-hmm. then General Ortega says, like, I don't, yeah. blah, so, uh, like Yeah,
1: why are you, why are you so and, mad at me or something like that? Yeah, yeah, and
0: it's one of these things where you then realize that the uh, little sister was putting blame on herself because she's the one that made her mm-hmm. go out of the classroom uh, right. to talk to her. So she now thinks that, like, she put her in line with the shooter. Yes, and it's yeah. her fault if she would have died.
1: Yes, exactly. Uh, and
0: this scene, oh, my God. God it's crushing yeah
1: I what, I, the I line... was full
0: on like crying in this yeah scene.
1: this is this is the scene where I was like fully sold on Veda's character oh yeah I w- I was like okay this is a this is a really good scene uh and it's when she, she Veda said I all all movie since the since the shooting happens uh Amelia is trying to like Get Veda to talk, or like get Veda to do something with her, or yeah. like you know be sort of the sarcastic little twelve goofball. Year old, yeah. Si- yeah, the yeah the twelve year old sister. Um, just like trying to get something out of Veda, and Veda is always just in a slump, mm. which is you know completely on, yeah understandable. She's, yeah, she's, yeah. she's still she's she's going she's through coping. it, yes. Um, and in this scene, Veda says to to Milly. Or slash Amelia. Um, When I was in that bathroom and the shooting was, and it was happening, I, I, there was a moment where I thought I was going to die. And I knew that I, 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 yeah, all I could think of, the only person I could think of was you. And I thought, If I have, if this is my final text, like when I, when I sent, I love you too, that was a moment where I wasn't sure if that was going to be my last text. And it was like,
0: Oh, it's so like, God, it's like, like even thinking about it, that I'm like tearing up like, 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 man, to that, that is such a like loaded, that is such a loaded line of dialogue. And it's even more loaded because it's said by people that, shouldn't have to be saying that type of dialogue yeah, to each oh,
1: other. Yeah. And it's you in that moment that that quote packs such an emotional Punch. like nuke. It's like an emotional nuke because you it it carries like this. This anger towards the fact that this happened, mm. the the confusion as to why this would even be a concern for someone who's eighteen, mm. or no, in the film I'm she's not six. It's not yeah, it's not really clear 16, how old she's I supposed think. to be, but she's in high school. Uh, like you, confusion as to why a sixteen-year-old or a seventeen-year-old should have to say this to their twelve-year-old sister, and the sadness of. You know, like all this, all this pent up sadness that Millie has, and this misunderstanding, and that's like that's such a like emotionally dense, it's very raw, it's a and very it's not, raw scene. Yeah, and it's and it's not. I'm I'm very wary. I'm getting a little bit less wary in uh, in my mid twenties, but I used to be very wary of emotional bait, and I mm. and I like to think that I still am. It's one of the reasons why I hate the song "Christmas Shoes," which mm. we've talked about on the show before. Uh, But this is not emotional bait.
0: This isn't cry bait. Yeah, this feels real. Right. Like, yeah, I agree. It's one of those things that uh, even talking about, there's a few other scenes like that where it's just like one of the scenes that I was just like floored by like how well they were able to capture an idea or even like a setting was the therapy room with Shailene Woodley, mm-hmm. who is not in the movie for very long. She's mm-hmm. in the movie maybe a total of six to eight minutes. Mm-hmm. She, gives, two, she gives a
1: nice performance. I haven't always been like super big the on Shailene Woodley. Woodley fan,
0: but sh- what she does in this movie is kind of shocking. Like mm-hmm. how humane it feels. Like, yeah, it feels so nurturing and safe. Mm-hmm. Like just the the little and it's pulp. natural. Yeah, and there's also like. You know, there's almost like an idea that the therapist should be stoic. She's not. Yeah, you see her like hiding in behind
1: pain. hiding behind the legal pad and the and the spectacles. Yeah, in this you she's see not, yeah. her
0: kind of in pain, where she's just like, it's kind of that same feeling we're feeling. Where I'm like, she wishes she didn't have to be talking about this.
1: It's sort of like a good youth group leader or yeah. something like that, rather than rather than you know the psychiatrist like how does that make you feel yeah it no.
0: feels like someone who actually cares about them right which like i said she gives this like really nuanced performance in those just a little amount of dialogue mm-hmm. that she has where it's really her kind of getting ortega's character to open up mm-hmm. for the first time and just like admit like no, you're not well. Yeah, especially in the
1: second session. Yeah, and it's one of those
0: things, again, with like Woodley basically says like, no, you are not well and you should not be well. Like, don't put this type of pressure on yourself to be well. It's
1: healthy to show emotion.
0: Yeah, and you should be like... She she has a line of something like, you should feel like anger, you should feel sadness, you should feel lost. Mm -hmm. Like, you should be feeling these emotions. Don't bury them because that's all that's going to do is cause you further pain. Mm -hmm. Like, it's just this... These two little sequences that just like amount to so much in the film without actually needing to say that much.
1: Yeah, and the way that is it Jenna or Jenny ortega uh, Jenna Jenna Ortega the way that Jenna Ortega delivers her lines in those therapy sessions, especially the second one, uh, is is really neat as well because she delivers she delivers it exactly the way that I think a lot of kids. Would do it like, oh, I don't want to get.
0: She kind of starts lectured, off like, jokey, right? Yeah, kind of. Like she's jokey. trying to put the safeguard on,
1: right? And like, you know, oh, I don't need this. This is this is kind of silly, but and in reality, it's exactly what she needs. Like one of the many things that she needs. Uh, and I, she, she starts off by just saying like, I don't know. i have always just been kind of a chill, low key person, so I'm good at just kind of. Keeping things, yeah, keeping like, things low, and and that's when uh, Woodley, as the psychiatrist, is like, or as the a therapist, therapist, is like,
0: you know, that's not always. She does a really good job of just like prodding, but gentle. It's yeah. just kind of like
1: she gentle says prodding. something
0: really nicely, but mm-hmm. it allows for that openness to now exist. Right, like it never feels intrusive. Her f- performance feels very natural, mm-hmm. and at times kind of emotionally cathartic. Mm -hmm. And I, I haven't,
1: um, you know, ever been to therapy. I haven't really felt like I've needed to, like I can, I, I feel like I can look at my life fairly objectively and mm. say like, I, I think everyone needs that at some point Mm. probably. So I know that I will, uh, it or feel Mm. like I should go at some Mm. point. Um, but I, I feel like that was a fairly legitimate portrayal of like what a therapist should be.
0: Mm-hmm. It, yeah, I agree. Mm. I totally agree with that. Mm. There's a performance we haven't given much uh, speaking time to. And that's, uh, Z- uh, how do you pronounce her Ziegler? name? Ziegler? Ziegler. Mm-hmm. Is, Is it Maddie Ziegler? Ziegler? Maddie Ziegler's character. I, we
1: said Rachel Ziegler. Is it earlier? And I think Rachel that Ziegler may. Rachel have-
0: Ziegler is Rachel is another actress who's in West Side Story, but I don't think her last name's Ziegler. Yeah, <laughs> but I'm just Oops. getting it mixed up. But it yeah. is Rachel is I'm pretty sure another actress in West yes. Side. This, this is, is Maddie, Maddie Ziegler. Ziegler. She does another just trip that is completely bonded because they shared this really traumatic experience together, and yeah. they're the only. It's not that they're the only two people who can relate to this experience, but they're the only two who can relate to this micro scopic ex- right. this one part of
1: this larger experience where yeah. it's
0: just like no we were there together and at that point we both thought we were going to lose our lives and like at that point we were both each other's comfort and I guess each other's rock mm-hmm. so there's this bond between these two characters that feels very beautiful and natural mm-hmm. and I like that they allow these characters to make mistakes in this movie yeah. like there's these scenes where it's just like You probably shouldn't do that. Like,
1: that happens quite a few times. Yeah,
0: where it's just like that's you're doing that because you haven't uh, dealt with this in a healthy way, compartmentalized your emotions just quite yet. So you're doing something that you shouldn't be. But it never puts blame on these characters. Mm -hmm. That's another thing that this film does really well. It never judges these characters. Yeah, and even parents don't. Her parents oh, yeah. don't
1: either, and I, that's I. I really liked that scene as well with her mom, where she kind of reconciles with her mom. Yeah, she, I, near the end of the film, Veda slowly sort of reconciles things. She kind with,
0: of mends the not the relationships that are broken because they're not broken, but she kind of at the first time like opens.
1: Understands, up. yeah, understands and opens.
0: This scene that you were referencing, the Julie Bowen Bowen scene, one, it's. This film also does a really good job of mixing in the comedy lightly. It's never heavy handed. Mm-hmm. And there's certain scenes that are like legitimately laugh out loud funny while also being heartfelt and staying within existence within it. Mm-hmm. This scene with Julie Bowen and uh Jenna Ortega. Where is she is just hysterical. like dumps
1: where she dumps everything Literally onto her mom,
0: Everything where she's like, Oh yeah, no, I'm I'm not having sex with a guy. Yeah. It's a girl. Yeah. I got drunk, seventeen. Mm-hmm. Blah, blah, blah. Like, I, it was just I smoked
1: the, weed. I, I did ecstasy once at school.
0: Yeah, just all this, like, thing. And Bowen just has to kind of, like, She's carry like it. Oh, like, okay. I'm <laughs> gonna like, tra- so I'm going
1: to guzzle a quick glass of wine, and then we can talk about this yeah. more, because I need to
0: process. But it's, like, it's so natural, and it's so loving mm-hmm. that it's done in a really sweet way. Mm-hmm. Like... And it's all... And it's all... I think
1: something that they... That it's not directly said, and I don't think it needs to be directly said, but I think her mom in that moment kind of understands that, like, even though she's still processing everything that Veda just dumped on her, Mm. and she was, like, totally honest about it, which is very bold of her to do in that moment, but I think she realizes that to some degree this was Veda trying to feel something, Mm. And I think that's you know This speci- is beta opening up. Right. And specifically with uh, with drugs, I think a lot of the time when when someone experiences something traumatic, you know, that artificial high, you know, is something that I think a lot of people feel like they need to turn to in order to feel something. Mm. Which is which is sad and, and indicative indicative of a, a larger issue.
0: Yeah, and it's that point where Drugs aren't necessarily looked down on this movie, Mm -hmm. but they are shown to be how they can be abused, especially when you're going through trauma. That they're taking it to numb something. Mm -hmm. Specifically, Maddie Ziegler's character, she's kind of drunk high or drinking throughout the film.
1: Right. To kind of of like get
0: through something, which again, Mm -hmm. Megan Park never casts judgment or disparagement on those characters for like doing those actions. Mm-hmm. It's like, she understands that this is probably what a lot of people would do. Mm-hmm. And it's a completely natural response to deal with something so unnatural that's happened in their lives. Yeah. And Mia, Mia
1: and Veda, especially V in, <laughs> I, I <laughs> yeah, they, stumbled over my words, uh, especially Mia uh, feels, I think really alone.
0: Yeah cuz her uh, she parents aren't there.
1: Yeah, her parents aren't there. She never leaves the house. And I think that's that's where Mia is like kind of an interesting story where there's like you know, as you're as you're drinking or as you're getting high like you that's not something that you're thinking about anymore and when Veda's around that's like that's the one bit of non-loneliness that Mia has. So everything kind of goes in the yeah. direction of
0: Veda. There's a few lines with them, too, that is just Mm -hmm. so sweet. There's the line where, uh, at the very beginning, when they first talk, basically, Mm -hmm. after this event, uh, I I forgot uh, Ortega's character says something along the lines of, like, oh, I've only been having nightmares. Mm -hmm. And Zegler's character says something along the lines of, like, I have to sleep to sleep, to have nightmares. It's this honesty that they can both have with each other because again it's the one the fact that they're the only ones who've experienced this specific thing mm-hmm. and they experienced it together and at that point it just breaks all like social norms of the school like it no longer feels like you know Ziegler's character is supposed to clearly be the popular one and it feels like jenna ortega is not necessarily the outcast in the school mm-hmm. but definitely a little bit more of the low not loner even but just like Clearly not the level of popularity that Ziegler is. I mean, Ziegler's in the movie supposed to be this like fairly big TikTok star right? in there. Like there's just a clear like popularity level that kind of vanishes through the film and it never is even talked about. Like it doesn't matter. And I think that's another thing where it just shows that all these things that we hold artificial Mm -hmm. in the wake of something can just become so meaningless. And that's what their relationship feels like. It's now like all the walls are down because- we went through this together
1: mm-hmm.
0: and it allows for an. it's, they have moments of open and honest discussion mm-hmm. with it. And there's also just moments of just complete vulnerability. There's one of my favorite mm-hmm. scenes in the movie uh, and just a great, just performance line from Ziegler's character is where Ortega's about to leave to go home and Ziegler just out of panic, like almost just whispers it. Like it kind of like escapes her throat, yeah. just like, can you not leave tonight yeah like just i don't want you to leave yeah like it's just like, can a you mo- just
1: can you just stay here until i until yeah, i fall asleep where it's just a pure moment of just like i don't want to be alone right yeah, now
0: emotion where it's just like i need you right now because you're the only reason i feel safe right now
1: right and you know what uh I'll, this is gonna this this is a little bit of a joke um but not so much uh, you know what we were talking about with lesser directors and like using a Music as a crutch. Yeah. That would have been a moment where a lesser director might have used the Sam Smith song, Stay With Me, as a crutch.
0: It would have been, it could have been one of those moments where, also because of what happens to the characters later on with their relationship, it would have probably been, again, a lesser director not using subtlety in this. Because this is another point of this movie that we haven't talked about. The fact is, like I said, uh, Ortega's character basically discovers that she's a lesbian. Or experimenting yeah, because she, yeah, that's, she has I think that's also a relationship what, with a guy. Yeah, I think that's more
1: what it is. I I think it's... She's.
0: She, you're right. She's not a direct, like, just straight up, like, yeah, I think fully it's, attracted to I women. Think it's, it's, she's
1: experimenting. I think it's some level of curiosity and some level of experimenting and... And
0: also, at least in the character, in the... With the context of Zegler's character, it is an act of love. Yes,
1: yeah, and sort of the misplaced or not misplaced uh maybe more like misallocated uh sense of devotion or sense of or sense of love like i think this uh, there there's a great example i just had oh i know exactly the the example that i can point to the episode of this is going to sound stupid but bear with me. It's the episode of iCarly where Freddie saves Carly from being hit by a truck. Okay, I remember. And Carly and Carly kind of falls in love with Freddie, and it takes Freddie kind of being like, "Okay, why are we why are we going out right now? Is yeah. it because you love me, or is it because I Save saved, you. saved you?"
0: Yeah. And this one's not quite. Sorry, go it, on with your point. Yeah,
1: I, I, that was pretty much the end. Of, but that's kind of the parallel that I was drawing, and it's I don't think it's quite that. And there, I, there's.
0: Yeah, because it's not like the hero saving complex, but it is more of just like, we've gone through so much together. Yeah. Of course, this doesn't feel like a big step for Emo- us. Like are both emotionally vulnerable and they're the only ones available yeah, for each other. Right and then. also, with that emotion, it also is just like, we've emotionally been through way much more together. So, like, almost like this act of like, sex doesn't even feel like maybe as weight as normal like losing your virginity would in the sequence just because it's like like again it's kind of this thing where everything kind of feels like meaningless to some degree Mm -hmm. or artificial it's just like okay like we're, going, we're intimate yeah. together because we've already kind of been intimate with each other. Right. Like, not obviously physically intimate, but mm-hmm. just emotionally, emotionally they're intimate. as intimate as you could be, really. Yeah. Like, they uh, have...
1: Stripped strip down to, like, the barest mental
0: state. Yeah. They have, like, a connection Maybe that, a that is so, phrase. like, there. That it's so mm-hmm. palpable. And this scene, I was kind of shocked because I think if you had told me where this movie takes these two characters... I think it would have been really easy to think that becomes a little bit too maybe artificial, or maybe just doesn't. It becomes something else that you don't want this. That's film what I
1: was afraid of, and it, it works. It works better this way because it doesn't feel artificial.
0: Exactly, it just feels like a natural moment that happens between these two characters, mm-hmm. and it's one that's very sweet.
1: Yeah. Yes, and I. Another character that we need to mention because he's got Quentin. Quentin, yeah. He's got an interesting angle to him because he is a character that loses his brother to the shooting.
0: Yeah, that's, again, he's the character that we mentioned in the beginning. He's in the bathroom with them and he's covered in the blood
1: Mm -hmm. of his brother. I
0: really like his name. Miles Fitch, correct? Yes. Really talented. Why do I know that name? He's been in a few stuff. Uh, I know him from Roman J. Israel. Mm-hmm. Uh, Denzel Washington's Rowan J. Israel, which nobody saw besides me. I just figured uh, he's out He's in This right. Is Us. He's in This Is Us. Oh, and and mixed, that's what it is. And that's where I've ish. seen it
1: before. You, I, you know what I was thinking? I was thinking Miles Finch, which is Peter Dinklage's character in Elf. Yes, this is Niles Finch. Yeah, this is Niles. Niles Fitch, not Fitch. Miles right. Finch, not Miles Finch. Uh, so, sorry about that, Niles. Uh,
0: yeah, he If you're is- listening. <laughs> he's really good in this movie.
1: He is. He is really enjoy. He's and one he's, of my favorite side characters. He's
0: a, again. He's the different character that we're going through with this, where his journey is very different from there. And it feels. I also had had a fear going into this and where they were taking Quentin's character, where it's like. He's the one that loses the most in this film. Like, it really does feel like... Absolutely. Like, not loses the most. Sorry. Of the characters we see in this movie, he's the one that loses the most. Yes. Yes, paraphr- yes, yes. Let yes. me rephrase that. Uh, there could have been, again, a lesser director or script would have kind of made him the crux to Jenna Ortega's character. Mm-hmm. He's not. He's having just as much of his emotional journey. And while the film doesn't follow him directly, mm-hmm. the scenes that interwine with those two they they add as much to his character development as they do Ortega's character development yes and do- specifically sorry the scene uh obviously in the car which is kind of one of the last scenes we see mm-hmm. of Quinton it's it's the scene where it's like Ortega and him kiss and yeah. it's this realization where uh he's like he, he's he's almost like he's Compartmentalized his emotions a little bit better. You also kind of get the
1: idea that he has he has allowed himself to to, yeah allowed himself to grieve and allowed himself to be in the company of others to have a support system.
0: Yeah, he's healing.
1: Yeah, where Veda where Veda has sort of
0: Veda is in this moment where at this point of this film she's not healing. Yes, she has made her
1: circle very small.
0: Yeah, so this scene is kind of the uh, juxtaposition of those two different parts of their yes. Quentin healing where she is just stuck.
1: Right. She's in the, rut. she's still spinning. Yeah. She's still spinning her wheels.
0: Yeah. And this scene, like I said, it's a really, it's a really emotional, impactful scene. One, because of how sweet Quentin is in the scene. Mm-hmm. He like full on makes it like, he's like, he's he's
1: so sweet throughout the whole movie. Yeah,
0: he's, he does this whole thing with her where he's like, no, like this isn't like your fault. This isn't my fault. Like, yeah. It's like, don't feel bad for what you just did. Mm-hmm. Just realize we're going through a lot yeah. and like, don't this feel, isn't healthy yeah, right don't now. don't
1: feel bad for what you just did with me, like with our kiss. And don't feel, and like right before that, he's like, don't feel bad about what you did with I, Matt. Is that her friend's name?
0: Uh, it's, Oh, yeah. Because the guy who's leading the movement. Yeah, he's the one who's leading a movement. We'll get in. Yeah, he's, he's the character that less, like. As well. He's the broader part of the story, right? He's the mm. world part of the movie where it's like this is the larger world mm. going yeah, on with like his character. Is, he's yeah, the one leading is, the movement.
1: Right. Sort of pressuring pressuring the uh, the legislation yeah, for you know some kind of change. And the movie's the never he, really specific about what the change is, but it's just specific that it just says there needs to be a change.
0: And you can gather based on what we know about right. American Right, Culture, and you can interpret like what it. those. Event, what he's talking about, without it ever being necessarily explicitly said. Yes, his character again offers that kind of more broader thing with it, and he also is another way of coping. Where you know they're going through different healing; he's going through action. He feels like there's kind of not a righteousness to this mm-hmm. thing, but he sees this as a thing of like, I survived.
1: And so I don't know do should
0: ever it. go through what I just went through. Yeah. So me not doing anything feels wrong. Like he yes. has this just emotional reaction to react. Mm-hmm. Going back to Quentin though, like I said, that scene, it develops both of their characters in a really sweet way. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of that wake up call for a take character where she kind of realizes like I'm spiraling and I shouldn't have done that because right. she should have done that. Yeah. Like, I, it am, is a I am em-
1: devoting, I am devoting emotional energy in the wrong directions right mm. now, and they just need to be more. It's a little bit too scattershot, mm-hmm. and it needs to be more focused. Uh, and uh, I think that I think that sort of brings us I, the one more thing that I want to mention: the the scene with the father where she kind of like.
0: There's one more scene that I want to mention with Quinton before we go. Oh, over. okay, yeah, go go, go for that. Th- again, this film focuses on the survivors, but it also allows the ones who perish for us to mourn them, too. Mm -hmm. Uh, One of the most impactful ones is, of course, Quentin's brother, Mm -hmm. who we, again, uh, they go to the funeral to kind of support Quentin and just be there because it's their classmate and they went through this thing with Quentin. uh, It's the next scene, though. It's where she's in her bedroom and she opens up kind of this jewelry Mm -hmm. case and she puts Quentin's brother's uh, like the uh,
1: the not the brochure the yeah but the program the program uh, for this memorial.
0: She puts it down and it's like it's just like oh it's just like so emotionally and just like you feel that weight mm-hmm. and then another one and then another one and then another one mm-hmm. and another one and it allows these moments to exist where you get to see each face. It's not one of these things where they're blurless mm-hmm. or they're blurred. Mm-hmm. So it's just like numbers. It is really like. You see this, this is the face. You see this. Is, this. Yeah. this is what they looked like. This is their race. This is how they dress, like, all these things. Like, it's like, no, these are real people. And, like, I think I ended up counting about eight or nine mm-hmm. pamphlets because it's implied that she goes to all of them mm-hmm. or at least a good number of them. So, you're just like, no, that's like, they're gone. Mm-hmm. Like, and that moment sinks in. Like, yeah. it's, it's a moment where you're just like, wow, just – the weight of it just hits you. And it's, it totally, mm-hmm. and again, it's all these moments that allow you to totally empathize and sympathize with what Ortega's already going through, which you already are so sympathetic. But it's just more of those, just like, oh my God, like, that's terrible. Like, mm-hmm. it's that moment of just like, I can't, I can't even fathom what she's going through in this moment. But they do such a good job of getting you as close to understanding while still being miles and miles and miles away from ever actually fully coming close to understanding what she's going through
1: yeah it puts it you as close you as just you can a, yeah it gives you just the just the inkling of it yeah uh let's let's talk about the i wanted to touch on the dad scene and then we can talk about the Finale. final scene yeah because yes.
0: those are kind of the two last big scenes yes. we haven't mentioned the I, dad so, scene's one of my favorite scenes in the yeah, movie it's a, it's a it's a very
1: quick one but it's it's a nice moment we we hadn't seen a lot of her dad up until this point But this scene, we get some characterization for her dad, and we see her, her dad, understanding, like there's something that needs to happen, and like I'm here for you, I'm going to let you just let loose right now. They go to, they drive to like a secluded secluded spot on like the beach or the coast or something,
0: kind of a mountain that's abandoned, not abandoned but just like no one's around. And they just,
1: and they just yell and sometimes it's good to just yell it releases it does actually like yelling releases yeah. adrenaline and endorphins
0: and, and serotonin it's so good because one that scene not only shows the pain obviously Ortega's going through he's his yelling's cathartic for him as well yeah. where he's
1: just like he's he feels vulnerable yeah because he
0: almost lost his daughter yeah like that's again another thing of this movie where Julie Bowen's character as well as the mother where it's just like these two characters are like reeling because it's probably for the first time in their lives they've ever felt like yeah, this it hits so like
1: close to home they
0: i think Bowen's character says it where she, there's like there were minutes where she didn't realize it and there's that scene where Bowen's character is trying to the mother mm-hmm. is trying to get a hold of uh Bowen's character Mm -hmm. and her phone died. So the mother's. Oh, yeah. We're. we're Ortega's training, spending the night at Maddie's uh, Ziegler's characters. Mm -hmm. And so they come in and the mom's fully panicking, which, again, totally understandable, because, like, she's now has this, like, loss feeling. Right.
1: Right. It's it's become. It's become. It's real to her. Yeah, it's become a much more real possibility. It's yeah. no longer oh that's a thing that happens to someone else like
0: Yeah, it's weird no to someone longer else like, in
1: this in this instance.
0: Yeah, it's that feeling of like
1: the illusion the illusion of security has been shattered.
0: Yeah, it's no longer that I s- idea that my daughter's going to come home safe tonight. Mm-hmm. Cuz to her that's gone. Yeah, it's that's now it's now it's broken.
1: Yeah, it's now a and question yeah. mark, which I'm sure once, once I'm a parent and once you're a parent, we will we will That's, recognize that so hard. And yeah, I, and this scene with I dread that and I and I'm
0: also excited for it in a strange way. Yeah. it'll be a very bittersweet the feeling. The scene that you were talking about with the yelling one is an emotionally impactful scene for both of these two characters. Mm-hmm. Him yelling feels very when cathartic. he yells
1: out, I'm scared to bring my daughters to school. That's yeah, like
0: Ooh, it hits. And there's yeah. also another line where he just. Y- he kind of says what everyone wants to say to Ortega's character, mm-hmm. which is just like, you've gone through something that you should have never gone through. And you're, he doesn't say this, it's very paraphrased, but it's the, essentially the idea is like, not only have you gone through this, you're obviously lost in spiraling. That's not a bad thing. Like, yeah. it's not bad that you're feeling this way. Right. Like, no one should ever be put in that situation that mm-hmm. you were put in, and the, you're handling it as best as you can. Yeah, you the, need the help, The human though.
1: mind is not designed to handle that sort of thing.
0: Exactly. And it's, like I said, that's or the it's, moment it's not, for Or it's not
1: designed. It's not meant to handle that sort of thing.
0: Yes. And that kind of leads us really well into the finale. Mm-hmm. I Before we get into the finale, because that's kind of where, obviously, I want to close, there was one scene that we did forget to mention. It's a very brief one. It's a very comedic scene, one that kind of shows Ortega's range it's when she gets high at okay. school okay i was oh my god oh, when wow. she's rolling down the the stairs the stairs after biting hysterical. the pen and it explodes in her mouth <laughs> it's it's again this
1: movie doesn't it's it's funny in an unnerving way because you don't want you don't want to make too much light of this but it is filmed kind of comedically but you also know that it's just it's only it's, funny because or it's funny, but it's it's also happening because she is so... She's going
0: through such an emotional pain is so that misdirected. she has to do this. Yeah. But it also it's, just allows the natural comedic sensibility as of just a character exploring drugs. Mm-hmm. And the fact that, like, I don't know if you've ever had. I've had. I've explored some before. Mm-hmm. I, I You I do not. a lot of, like, really weird, dumb things, especially <laughs> for your first few times. Like Right. You're just fully like lost. That's what this character I've, is, I've and been it's a really who like have, who have done that yeah, before. Yeah, it's a yeah. really comedic, dense scene where it's just like, it's weird how rewatchable this yeah. movie is to me.
1: It's it's yeah, that scene in particular is one of the things where it's like, should I be laughing at this? Yeah, a, a, a scene that I thought of, I a lot of connections I made to other movies. Is the opening scene from leaving Las Vegas where he's oh, shoveling the alcohol yeah, shoveling into his, alcohol into, his th- into his cart and then he goes for the water and then goes Just past the water the and alcohol. grabs yeah. another, like another bottle of vodka or something. And it's like, that's, it's funny, but it's like, should, should I be laughing at it? Is it yeah, right for me to be laughing? But
0: at I this? think what Park does again, and I've, I'm singing Park's praises for yeah. this because it's well balanced love. What she does in this movie, Mm -hmm, like, straight up. I loved every decision that she makes in this movie. But that scene with that, I think that's a moment where Park's allowing the audience to laugh because of how harrowing this movie has been. Right. It's just one of these moments where it's like, because with all of it, there's humanity, there's loss. You go through all the emotions, and humor is an emotion. Right. So I think they do that so well, uh, which... You get to see the humor of this scene juxtaposed to the scene, the finale, which you will never forget watching that finale. Yes, that, this finale, finale is hits.
1: like, this, this is another loaded scene. She, uh, this is the first day that Mia, who has been a dancer and she's been away for a while, but she's finally going back to the studio. To dance with with others and veda is waiting outside the studio for for me to come out and there's this brief moment where she She's you know happy it's hitting her there's some day out. and then she gets a push notification on her phone and it says breaking news 12 students yeah, confirmed killed. yeah 12 students yeah, confirmed dead in, dead in ohio high school, high school, school shooting, shooting.
0: It's a panic attack,
1: yes. and it's full on, I, full on a hyperventilating I don't know panic attack. If
0: I've ever seen a panic attack that feels this real, yeah, like, and I've heard some criticism towards this scene, uh, really? from people where they're like, "I didn't like how the film ended." I actually don't know if you could have ended the film any other way. This is this. a really
1: good way to end. This the is film. like
0: because I think this is that scene where. Obviously, this is all set in a reality yeah. that we live in in American culture right mm-hmm. now in society. This is the scene that kind of takes you back out of the movies mm-hmm. and back into where we are. Yeah, the it's real a good world.
1: transition as you, as you leave the theater, yeah. so to speak. Yeah, and I
0: don't know, because I know your wife, uh, Brenna, is a uh, teacher. Mm-hmm. My mom... My dad, mm-hmm. my sister works at a school. You know, my grandma works mm-hmm. at a school. I've
1: worked I've worked yeah, at, at plenty I've, of schools I've at and after school.
0: The There was a point, I think also specifically when I left for college, where that notification of a school shooting always felt like I always remember that feeling. And I still get that feeling of like losing my breath for about five seconds just because... Because you know, a lot of times it doesn't even say the school or the name or anything. Mm-hmm. And it's just like school shooting, and you're just like in California. You're just like you're lost in that second. Yeah. Like it's, it's that like second of just like where? Yeah, exactly. It's the it's it's not again the level that she has it, but that was the moment where I just broke down, just full on. Where I'm just like, because I understand that feeling. I not to, again to the degree that she does, mm-hmm. but I have that feeling of seeing your phone seeing that and just opening it and just with the worst thought in your mind, just please don't be these two schools. Yeah, I need it to not be these two schools. Like yeah. the most selfish thought you could have in that moment is just like,
1: yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. Let this happen
0: to not me. <laughs> like I can't, yeah. I can't, there, I can't deal with this. Like, absolutely, I don't know what to do. And then, and uh, the, you read it, and then you're just like, it's a different type of weight. Yeah, where it's, it's just a, like, it's, it's a weight a weird, relieved, and it's also just a sensation of just like, someone else saw that notification and didn't and have the didn't same. Have yeah, what happened?
1: That's that's a really profound. That's why, like, like I said, why then. that
0: ending for me when that happened. It's I full on broke down. Yeah, that's, like, one, just of those, that's full one of those. That's one of those moments like, sobbing my eyes out because I'm like, that is the realist it's taking an emotion that i've had and putting it on screen and putting it as close as i could describe that sensation in that moment is that that yeah. feeling
1: it's one of it's one of those few moments where i've like legitimately gone like oh my god in a film because it's like it's it's so crushing and it serves so many purposes. Like like you yeah. said, it brings you back into the reality it that brings it, that, you know,
0: is unfortunately the one that we're in. And it brings back that idea of like what we were talking about earlier where that's the logos. That is mm-hmm. the numbers. This is the purely the part of like no, it's like this isn't an isolated incident. You, right. you we can try to pretend all it is in our life that like this only happens this time. Mm-hmm. The reality is that like that notification comes way too often for her and for me and for a lot of people in America right now. Mm -hmm. And
1: it also, it also shows that it's not just the, the recovery process isn't just an isolated incident. It's an ongoing, there is always that weight and you know, there will always be that scar and there will always be, healing that has to be done and you know, you'll never, you'll, you'll be mostly healed, you know, but the scars will never fade and the scars will never disappear, but they,
0: there's always going to be something that is lost and broken that day. Yes. That can never be found again. And it's just the sad reality of the situation and what this finale does so well. And why I, disagree full-heartedly with people who have criticisms towards yeah, it. yeah i don't understand is, that one it's the emotions just the emotion ortega it's mm-hmm. the best acted scene ortega has in the movie this breakdown's mm-hmm. deafening like yeah deafening yeah. to your bones chilled yeah i've never quite seen you 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 like start this. to feel a little short of breath too yeah. along with her it's, it's that well acted it's that emotionally impactful It's that relevant where, again, it brings you back into the real world and it is just that sensibility of like, I don't know how else this movie could have ended because at some point this movie can't have a fully happy ending because Mm -hmm. there can't be a happy ending to this event. There can't be a happy ending to a school shooting. Right. There is always going to be moving forward Mm -hmm. and healing and coping, but But nothing good will ever like Mm – I don't want to say nothing good, but it's – the change that will be made from this or going forward is just trying to fix basically a mistake that should have never happened, it feels mm. like. I don't know if I'm describing that correctly. I think I see what you're but saying. But it's just like, yeah, you can't – it's impossible to move forward, I think is mm. what I'm saying. And with that, that's kind of our – that's just our thoughts on the fallout, yes. which we broke down. I've I, said it. Yeah, if I, this movie came out in 2021, it might have been my favorite film of the year. I mm. currently have Coda, which – is my favorite film of 2021. I want to see that, but Coda's it's on Apple so TV and I don't I'll have, have to give you my login because, okay. dude, we'll have to talk about that. Okay. You're going to
1: love this movie. Cool. I, it looked like I would. But, uh, it looked like a movie that I would enjoy. If
0: The Fallout came out in 2021, I would probably be saying It'd like... it up there for you. I, it might be my favorite film. I was so shocked with how rewatchable, how much I love this film and just truly just how special this movie was to me. I was blown away by parks to me like the director to look out for mm-hmm. for a while.
1: Yeah. And, and that's in, our
0: in, thoughts on it. Yeah, in case it isn't obvious, we are not
1: doing a great debate yeah. this week. That would just not be. We, I
0: texted. We both kind of said we're like, there's some movies where we just know. Yeah, we're not, not coming into it with a great debate plan. We call I, we've kind of called it the
1: Schindler's List rule, where it's like, yeah, if the if the subject matter is a
0: little too heavy. Yeah, when we it's were talking about happening. doing Saving Private Ryan, we're like, no, Saving yeah. Private Ryan. Yeah, uh, we did it with we didn't week. do it with eighth grade we're not gonna do it for this movie no. so that's our review of the fallout guys so thanks for listening quick just plugs uh, I you may have noticed it on all of our social medias Ben to the movies is no longer <laughs> and we are now to www.intothebeniverse.com. thebeniverse.com or you can just type in into the right, exact I gotta, same I gotta site. update that then yeah it's modernized new graphics everything it looks a lot better it's being updated way more often uh so make sure to check out that follow beniverse i'll
1: be i'll be be making some more assets for you
0: beniverse on youtube twitter instagram i'm way more active on all of those
1: find us on instagram we're i think we're both the most active you especially
0: i'm yeah i'm probably (laughs) the most active on youtube right now oh yeah you
1: do be posting
0: uh so yeah Thank you for listening, guys, and just one final tease. For the rest of February, you might have seen our schedule, but I'll just say what it is. Obviously, we did this movie for Valentine's Day. We're doing Twilight.
1: With Jalal.
0: With Jalal Ahmad, our buddy. Jalal Ahmad will be joining us for the show. Uh, For uh, President's Day, we're doing Daniel Day-Lewis, or Steven Spielberg's Lincoln, starring Daniel Day-Lewis. And to end the month in honor of Black History Month, and uh, in remembrance of Sydney Poitier, who passed away uh, a little while ago. A month or so ago, I think. We're now. doing Guess Who's Coming to Dinner to end this month out. So thank you guys for listening. Take care. My name is Ben. I've been Bran. And this is Ben and Brand. Bran. Bran. See, a See a movie. movie. Take care. Bye-bye. Adios.